chapter 7. Scripture says if you and I have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, we would speak to the mountain to be removed and cast into the sea and it would be removed hence. That's what the Word says. It doesn't say we would pray that the mountain would be removed or that we would ask that the mountain would be removed. It says that we would speak to the mountain to be removed. Uh, in this hour that we are walking in, um, we talk about, we've talked a little bit, and we mention often about God give us boldness. Boldness is not always assertiveness. Boldness oftentimes is just getting past ourselves to speak to the mountain. We... Uh, not everybody, but most are cautionary in our statements. And so, therefore, we are not always declarative in things when we should be declarative or declarative. I don't know why I have an English teacher later. Maybe you can say it both ways. She said, yes, she gave me a little. So, uh, I'm always a little on edge with an English teacher in here. I'm sorry. So... So she gives me a list after each service. No, she, I'm kidding. Not really. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, but sometimes we, we, um, we're too careful in simply declaring the word of God. That's the only way I know to say it. We're just too careful. Uh, you got to speak to some things sometimes. And so I, when we pray for boldness, we pray for boldness. Let's just speak. Just speak to it. Luke chapter 7. I am reading. I don't want to mess any of you up tonight. I know I don't do this too often, but I'm reading from the New King James Version. Versus the old King James Version. <laughs> That's sort of a joke. Verse, <laughs> verse one. You don't have to laugh. Don't. I can hear my. I can hear my children over here. Please don't laugh at him. It just encourages him. So, all right. Luke chapter seven. Please hear. This is familiar to many of us, but I want us to hear this. Watch Luke seven. Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, this is Jesus, he entered Capernaum. And watch, a certain centurion's servant. Who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. The servant is sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, the centurion, he sent elders of the Jews to him. The centurion didn't go to him. Right? He sent elders of the Jews to him, 
pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they, this is the elders that he sent, they begged him earnestly saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. And here's why. For he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. So they're, they're telling Jesus about how good of a man the centurion is that has asked him to come for healing his servant. You got it? Okay. I know you do. I just want to make sure. Verse 6. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, apparently somebody maybe ran on ahead. All right, they didn't have social media, so somebody ran ahead and told me, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And when he, Jesus, was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him. So he got word he was coming and got some friends and said, Hey, and the friends said to Jesus, Lord, now they're just simply saying what the centurion told them to say. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Right? Pause my place. Here we are. Now notice this next verse, 7. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word. But say the word. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, say the word. Say the word. Say the word. And what? My servant will be healed. Now I want you to notice what that centurion. These are now here's the thing. The centurion's not there telling Jesus this. First, the centurion sent elders to say, get Jesus to come. Now, something got lost in translation because he wasn't expecting him to come. But he heard he was coming. Then he said, okay, friends, go tell him. I didn't expect him to come to the house. I don't even deserve him. I don't count myself worthy for him to come into my home. Just tell him I just wanted him to say the word. And my servant would be you. Verse 8. For I also am a man placed under authority. Notice what he said. I'm placed under authority. Now, let me tell you something. He had to allow himself to be placed. He was placed. Someone in authority placed him under authority. He was placed. He said, I'm placed under authority. I have soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. What did he just say in verse 8? Here's what he just said. I know you read it, but watch. Here's what he said. I understand the power of... Of simply saying the word. I say go. And they go. I say come. And they come. I say do it. And they do it. Lord I don't even expect you to come to my house. 
Just tell him, I just wanted him to say the word. I don't need him to be here. I just have so much confidence in the authority of his word that if you would just help tell him, I just need him to say the word and my servant will be healed. I just need him to speak the word. Elders, go tell him, just say the word. And Jesus, verse 9, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned around and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well, who had been Sick. I think Jesus said the word. We got to speak to the mountain. Jesus, if you'll just say the word. I didn't expect you to come to my house. I wasn't trying to get you to... like. I have such a confidence in your authority. I have such a confidence in the ability of the power of God that issues forth when you speak. That if you will simply speak the word. My servant. He didn't say if you'll speak the word I think my servant might be healed. If you say the word my servant will be healed. I have such a confidence in your authority. You understand that the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ is the very voice of the Spirit of God because Jesus said, I don't say anything except the Father says it. The very voice of Jesus that would say, servant be healed, or whatever the word was that he said. It's the very same voice that spoke the worlds into existence. Let there be, on the fourth day, sun and moon. Greater light to rule the day. Lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. I step back into the King James for a minute there. He made the stars also. With his word, he simply spoke the word. And trillions of stars were set in place. We understand from the scripture, he placed them. They didn't just like randomly fling out there. When he spoke the words, they went to a designated place designed by God at the utterance of the word of God. It is the very same spirit that when the centurion said, all you got to do is say the word, he had such a faith and a confidence in the uttered word of God. I'm telling you, I have so much faith for the spoken word that God would put in your mouth. Why don't you pray with me right now before we go any further? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
You know the story of Peter stepping out of the boat, the storm. Jesus gets him, lifts him back up when he sinks after he walks on water. They get back in the boat. Jesus turns to the storm, the waters, and Jesus speaks the word. He simply said, peace, be still. And the disciples, they said, even... The wind and the waves obey him. It's an interesting choice of words to me. They didn't say he has authority over the wind and waves. They said even the wind and the waves obey him. All of the elements that he created are always subject to him. Everything he made is still subject to his word because he's the creator. And so as the creator of it, it has to be obedient to him. He has not lost control of his creation. You understand? He has not lost control. He has not lost dominion. He has not lost authority. He still has it. Now, he gives men free will. But don't mistake God giving free will for thinking he's lost any authority. And so they said, even the wind and waves obey him. These things he's created are obedient to him. I, I've said this a few weeks ago, but it just keeps turning in my heart. When we speak words of faith and words of healing, what is happening is... It is simply a returning back to its natural design. If you speak to a, a body that is sick and you speak words of life and healing to that body, what's happening is it is being returned to its natural design and order by the one who created it. Does this make sense? So if, if, I, um, if I break my hand and my hand is broken and... I, well, let's use the example in Scripture, the man with the withered hand. And Jesus says to him, stretch forth your hand. Well, when Jesus spoke that word, the creative power of God was in the living word that issued forth from his mouth. And so when that man stretched forth his hand, the Bible says, and it was made whole. Whole, what happened? The miracle that happened is it was restored to its natural design by the word of the designer. It was restored to its natural function and original intent by the one who created it in the outset. So when we speak words of healing, 
The Lord is actually saying, hey, I restore it back to the way I intended it to be without flaw, without infirmity, without sickness, without disease, without you fill in the blank. But he restores back to his natural creative design. This is the miracle. The lepers that came, he said, go show yourself to the priest. You know the story. There were 10 of them. And they went, and the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. It means the leprosy went away. But the one came back and worshipped him, thanking him. You know the story. And Jesus said to him, go your way. You're whole. Now, there's a difference. If you look and you study that scripture out, the nine were healed. The one was made whole. There's a difference between being healed and being whole in that context of Scripture. Now, he does healing that's whole. But you understand those lepers, it's possible, we don't know, it's possible that some of those lepers were missing parts of their ear. It's possible that maybe some of them had part of their nose gone. Or pockets of skin missing because of what leprosy had done to their body. And so as they're going to the priest, why would they go show themselves to the priest? Well, because they're still under the Old Testament law. That's what they're supposed to do. And there's also an indicator the Messiah had come. But they would go show themselves. And so the leprosy that was once there, the priest could look and check and say, there's no longer leprosy here. I pronounce you clean. That doesn't mean their ear grew back. That doesn't mean their nose grew back. But the one that came back. He was made whole. Whole means he was restored to the original design. Anything that had been done by the sickness or the disease. Any element showing it was removed. He was made whole. Mm. Why don't we just pray again right here where we are right now? You are the living word. You are the living word. You have the words of life. You are the living word. I worship you. I pray, speak the word in this room. Healing, deliverance, wholeness in the name of Jesus Christ. Mmm. Mm, whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Restored to the natural design as created by you, the Creator. Whole in Jesus' name, I pray. Whole in Jesus' name. Mm. 
Mm, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're fine. Just keep praying. Don't stop praying because I'm talking. You know, in one place it says he sent his word and healed them. I'm telling you, the utterance of the word of God to go forth and heal. Come on, speak the word. In your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. By the authority of your name and by the authority of your word. Whole in every part. In Jesus' name. Now watch. The Spirit of God's not going anywhere. Watch verse 11, chapter 7. We've got to see that. So we just saw what happened. The centurion is servant. In what we read, there's no indication that Jesus and the centurion ever came together. There's a word. A living word of God. The living word of God is not geographically bound. I don't know if Jesus was one block away from his house or if he was one village away from his house. It doesn't matter. The living word of God is not bound by geography or distance. Because just as he is omnipresent, the living word of God is omnipresent. The living word issues from his nature. His nature is omnipresent. His word is omnipresent. So he can, you can speak the living word and it's not bound by distance. Did the servant know when Jesus spoke the word? Well, he knew when he was healed. But I don't know if he heard it or not. But he witnessed the result of it. And whatever sickness afflicted his body heard it. Because it had to come in alignment with the spoken word of God. Living word. Now, verse 11, watch, this is interesting. Now, it happened the day after. So this is after the servant was healed. The next day, 
that he went into a city called Nain, and many of the disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. So we got two large crowds, one with Jesus and one with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said the word. Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. And he presented him to his mother. He just said the word. He didn't reach in and lay hands on the boy. Pray, oh God, somehow, some way. He spoke the living word. Young man, I say to you, arise. I remember the story. Some of you have heard it or read it. Come back to my mind in this moment. When Brother Cole was a young man, I think pastor in the first church he ever did up in the hills of West Virginia. Somebody down in their church was sick. He got word. He went and went to their house, however far away it was. And he gets to the house and felt like on the way the Lord gave him a word that he was going to raise this lady up. And so, and heal her. So he gets to the house. By the time he gets there, gets in, the doctor's coming out. Says, you're too late, preacher. Let's him know he's, he's too late. And he said, no, I asked the family, could he go in and pray? They said, yeah, he went in. And, you know, here he is, a young man. He's feeling like he's got a word. For him. I think he may have even said something to the family. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And he goes in. They'd already had her, had her covered with a sheet. And... Uh, he said he's praying, 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 talking to God. You know, Lord, I know. And just however he's, he's talking about how he's really working and he's praying in tongues and praying in the spirit and like nothing's happening. He said he's starting to get mad because he knows he heard from the Lord, but nothing's happening. And so he's getting upset. And uh, I can't remember her name right now. He, I think he tells it in the, in the book. But he gets upset. And finally, he just... He just says to her, we'll, we'll call her Rose. I don't remember what her name was in the book, don't I? Finally, he says, Rose, get up. And he said she sat up in the bed. He, he had a word from the Lord. The Lord had dealt with him about a situation. And he had direction. He wasn't trying to produce something or arm twist God. He had a word from the Lord. When you get a word from the Lord, you just got to speak it. You got to just declare it. You got to say it. 
I'll tell on myself. A couple of weeks ago, I was ministering, and I talk about us being careful. I, I think there's, we should exercise wisdom. I don't think we're meant to be reckless and foolish, but we should exercise wisdom. But we should have a confidence when we have a word from the Lord. Don't let doubt rob you of a word from the Lord. Stand on the word. And in ministry, I knew the Lord had was. I know sometimes you think I think I have these premeditated thoughts and sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. And there's just by the grace of God, there's flow. And I don't say everything that comes into my head, believe it or not. Um, when you see me slow down a little bit, sometimes it's because I'm processing what's coming and trying to make sure. Well, a, a week or two or three ago in ministry, I was the Lord was giving me stuff that I knew. was, And in that moment, in my being careful, I used these words, what if, to present some things to you. And I knew, after the fact, matter of fact, I, I told my wife after service that day, I had talked to the Lord and repented for adjusting the word that came to me from him. Because with him, there was no what if. I was wanting you to lay hold and believe something, but I was being careful. Don't fall in that trap. When the Lord gives you a word, speak that which he gives you. This is important for us. We got to get past worrying about, well, what if this happens or that happens or what if this doesn't? What do I look like? What do I? I'm just going to tell you something right now. You're going to do stuff that's going to, you're going to miss it sometimes. Okay. Now don't go out there just going, well, I'll just, I'll just say a bunch of stuff. And I'm not talking about throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. That's foolishness and that will hurt people and that will harm people. And this isn't about, well, I heard a story, so let me try it. The seven sons of Sceva did that, and they had a man with unclean spirits leap on him. You got to be in the words. You got to be in prayer. But you get a word from the Lord. You got it from God. You got to speak it. You got to speak it. Now, here's what else will happen. The Lord will do something in your life or a life that you're connected to, or, and you'll witness it. You'll see it. It happened in your own life, and you're like, I know. God did fill in the blank. The word of the Lord came to me. A brother, a sister prayed for me. Something happened, and God, I knew God was doing something. He spoke to me. I heard from him the effect, the result. Right, You fill in the blank, and you'll know that. And then the adversary will come and try to rob you of what God did. To try to rob you of what God did.
to bring doubt back into your spirit and get you to lay hold again of something God has already dealt with. I was visiting with someone in their home a couple of weeks ago, somewhere along the way. I'm not good with time, as you know, so my wife keeps me straight. A week or two ago, or three, I was visiting with someone in their home, and they had felt like they just wanted to make me aware of something they were dealing with in their body. And they made this statement to me, which bore witness in my spirit. They said, I know God healed me of this. And I was in agreement. I knew it. I remember the day we were still having services outside. I remember. It's marked in my spirit. And so here they are dealing with this again. I'm like, you know what the Lord does? He does well. The Lord doesn't halfway do something. And so the adversary will try to bring things to get you to begin to doubt the word of God and say, well, maybe God didn't. Or maybe you got to go, you know, I don't know what this is right now that I'm dealing but I know. This I know. All right. I, I think of the guy that was that Jesus healed. He said, man, I don't know who the guy was, but this I know. I once was blind and now I see. I know this. Can't tell you about all this other stuff you're asking me, but this I know. There's some things you know that God has done in your life. Don't let the adversary rob you of those things. What do you do? You go back and you speak the word again in faith. I want to read one of the places. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to shift here. It's 8 o'clock, in case you're wondering what time it is. Ephesians 3. I remember a preacher one time, he said, I know what time it is. I don't care what time it is, but I know what time it is. I do try to be respectful of your time. I hope you know that. Very familiar. You could quote this, I know, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Who's able? He's able. Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. How does he do abundantly above what we ask or think? He does it according to what? The power. Where is the power? The power that works in us. Why don't you stand with me tonight? There is a power working in you. The gift of the Holy Ghost is not meant to be dormant. It is power that works within you. And he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you and I ask or even think according to his power that works 
in us. Now, we're going to pray for some people tonight. I even got some permission.